Welcome to the Analysis.News. I'm Greg Wilpert. It looks like the so-called second pink tide in Latin America is continuing. On December 20th, Chileans elected a leftist and former student leader, Gabriel Boric, as its president. Boric, at 35 years of age, will be the country's youngest and possibly most leftist president since Salvador Allende's election 51 years ago in 1970. Boric won the election with 56% of the vote, about 12 percentage points ahead of José Antonio Cast, a candidate of the far right whose brother was an advisor to former dictator Augusto Pinochet. What does Boric's victory mean for Chile and for the region? Joining me to look at those and other questions is Patricio Zamorano. He is a Chilean political analyst and the director of the Council on Hemispheric Affairs, COHA.org, which is based in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining me today, Patricio. It, it is a real pleasure, Greg. Thank you. Let's start with the campaign and the election result. Uh, following the first round of the election on November 21st, right-wing candidate Jose Antonio Cast was slightly ahead with 28% of the vote compared to Boric's 26%. Now, the race for the second round looked very tight, but then Boric won with a very solid 12 percentage point advantage. What happened? Sure. Uh, there are a couple of things that actually happened there. Uh, first of all, we have in Chile still a very hardcore right-wing vote. We have always 25 to 30 percent of the vote, uh, and there's no doubt that there are still people who like uh, uh, the legacy of Augusto Pinochet. We have that. That, that said, all polls were absolutely wrong, except a couple of them, but um, myself also, I believed in those polls, because in Chile, uh, polls in general tend to be okay, technically, but in this case, they, they, they made a huge mistake, and, and uh, the post-analysis of the situation demonstrates that basically uh, half a million new, new voters uh, came to the polls, uh, most of them young people that were mobilized after the victory of cast in first round. So that's why we had uh, this huge difference because just before the election, uh, the polls were tied, basically. It was a technical tie, 50-50. Uh, the outcome of the election was not clear at all. So it was a surprise for me. It was, it was a surprise for the whole country, the huge difference of almost 12 points between both candidates. Uh, so that's a little bit of the explanation uh, and we will find out more uh, as the weeks pass, right? Hmm. Now, before we get to Boric and his platform and what he plans to do, let's take a quick look at Kast, the man he defeated. Now, uh, who is Kast and uh, uh, what, do, what did he stand for and who did he represent? Sure, well, Kast is a, is a, is a congressman who represents Pinochetism, basically. It's the, all the legacy of Augusto Pinochet, even amplified by the fact that he's absolutely uh, out of touch with the reality of the, of the world. We have certain values now that uh, little by little are becoming a standard for societies. We believe in, uh, in social protection, we believe in the rights of women, we believe in the rights of uh, the LGBTQ plus community. We believe in certain things that are, are becoming a standard in theory, on paper, but uh, CAS actually ran uh, on a platform that was uh, against these values. Uh, he, he was extremely conservative, representing the right, the far right, uh, almost fascism in a certain way, because he declared even that he was going to use uh, secret jails. Basically, he was saying that uh, we will detain people um, 
uh, in in special jails uh, to to fight crime, uh, uh, making us remember all those the all the secret police under Augusto Pinochet. Basically, um, he was not shy of uh, new policies a, against immigrants. Uh, his his uh, economic platform was extremely conservative. He was actually against this new wave of reform that, that 80 percent of Chileans want. For for example, a new constitution. We have to remember that almost 80 percent of the population, in in a referendum, uh, declared that they wanted to have a new constitution to be written to replace the Pinochet constitution. And Cass was against that as well. Uh, he was against the reform in the pension system. So. Uh, against benefits from the state, uh, from the government in general. So Cass was really, really a, a, against this current of new progressive uh, advancements. Uh, so uh, the Chilean people decided that they didn't want to try that again. We have to remember that we had a neoliberal system in Chile. All the fundamentals aspect of society were privatized under the dictatorship. The pension system was privatized, the health system was privatized, the education system was, was privatized. So uh, CAS was, was really trying to enforce that model that, that fell, that nobody likes, uh, and a model that has caused a lot of damage to Chileans in the last 40 years. Now I'm wondering what happened in the sense of um you know the uh, I mean the media mostly project uh, uh, presented this as an as a contest between the far left and the far right. Now, uh, leaving aside the question about you know to, uh, just how far left uh, uh, Boric is, um, it definitely seems to have been an election where uh, the center left and the center right has completely vanished from the scene, it seems. Now, uh, you know, if you think about Piñera, I guess he was a right-wing candidate, but Cast was to the right. I mean, he was a right-wing president, uh, Piñera, but um, Cast was to the right of him. And uh, Boric is certainly to the left of the previous center-left uh, uh, presidents. So what happened to the center-left and to the center-right, which had been governing Chile since uh, uh, the uh, defeat of Augusto Pinochet? Sure, I, I believe that the answer is very clear. Uh, I'm part of that gen generation also in the, the 90s where um, the, the center left and the center live, uh, right basically negotiated with, with the Pinochet legacy and they compromised. And they created uh, or accepted uh, the most fundamental aspects of this neo neoliberal and authoritarian model and they continue basically uh, managing the same institutional and economic framework that was uh, delivered by the Constitution of 1980. So uh, in that process, uh, they sold their soul, basically, to, to the legacy of Augusto Pinochet. And a lot of people like me, we, we didn't like that. We believed that the dictatorship had to be uh, wiped out from Chilean democracy. We believed that the system was extremely unequal. Um, it was not inclusive. It was very uh, conservative in bad terms. Um, and it created just a lot of... Uh, damage uh, to the uh, to the social framework of the country uh, we have to remember that chile has uh, its its top 10 
uh, among the most unequal countries in the whole world where rich people are extremely rich and poor people are very poor. And that was the model that the center-right and the center-left agreed to preserve. So that's why Boris, when, when, when he um, uh, emerges from basically from, from a whole history of mobilization, because he himself was a student leader uh, his whole life, so it's not coincidence that, that he's actually leading the way because those students, students from high schools, from middle schools in Chile, from, from universities, they were against this model way before all this new wave of social unrest. So uh, that's why Boris actually is very critical of the, of the, of the center-left. He's very critical of the Socialist Party, uh, which in theory is the party of Salvador Allende, but the Socialist Party is not the same party, uh, is, is more a social democrat party now, uh, very critical of the, of, the, of the Christian Democrats as well, all those parties that negotiated with the legacy of Augusto Pinochet. So, and the, and the society, the Chilean society was very clear, I think, in saying that we want to break from that system, because that system of, 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 of the center uh, is just not working for us. So, uh, the uh, buying power of Chileans based on salaries is extremely low. Uh, Chileans are really suffering social depression in so many aspects. When you have a system where the health system, the education, and the pensions are privatized, meaning that, that means that you get good benefits or good quality of life based on your incomes. And we have to remember more than 50% of Chileans make than, less than $500 a month and almost 70% uh, makes less than $700 a month. So it's extremely unequal. The situation of families is very tight. Uh, so, of course, I think it's very obvious what happened in the last two years based on that trauma. It's a social trauma that Chileans have suffered in the last 40 years after the dictatorship in terms of economic terms and social terms. Mm. Well, let's turn to more specifically what we might be able to expect from Gabriel Boric. I mean, uh, you already talked about his background, uh, but um, I mean, how would he be different from, uh, let's say, the um, the two terms of Michel Bachelet, who was also was a center left um, president um, and who did not much, do much to change Chile's economic or political system? What ways do you think Boric will be different? It's going to be different because of the context, because now Boris is going to be the manager, uh, institutional manager of a new constitution. We have to remember that we have a constitutional assembly working. We, we have 155 deputies elected by the people working, writing a new, constitu a, a new constitution. And the basis of that constitution it matches exactly uh, the uh, government program, uh, the governance program of Boric. So we are talking about eliminating the rules of the market uh, throughout all these social aspects of any, any society, education, health, pensions, also labor rights, uh, women rights, indigenous rights, all these elements that are modern now that everybody agrees with, that's going to be part of, of the new constitution. So uh, Boris has a huge responsibility here. It's not easy because he only has four years. We, we, we have to remember that, unfortunately, the Chilean law uh, gives a new president only four years. He or she can be re-elected after another term, so it's non-consecutive. So that's exactly what happened with Bachelet and Piñera. Uh, and the huge difference is this time, Boris is resting on a platform of change, real change. 
uh, Michelle Bachelet was more like a progressive candidate. It did a very good job in certain aspects, but, but she never really delivered reforming the health, the private health system or the, uh, or the educational system. We had some progress, but it was very minor. So now Boris is really, really the progressive candidate who has a huge responsibility in that in four years, he needs to deliver a huge amount of, of new, uh, a new contract, basically, between the, the Chilean state and Chileans. And that's a huge challenge. There is no doubt about that. Is there a timeline set for the uh, new con uh, constitution? I mean, when it might be approved? Sure. It, it was formed in between June and July. The uh, new assembly has nine months minimum to work. That's going to be April. But it could be actually expanded up to 12, uh, 12 months. So we may have a new constitution by May or June 2022. After that, uh, we're going to organize a new referendum and the and Chileans will uh, decide in a democratic election if they accept or not the new constitution. The good thing, though, is that the fact that uh, Boris will be the one who is going to sign this new constitution, which is, which is very great. Yeah. And it also seems important to note that the majority of the uh, representatives to the Constitutional Convention are of uh, progressive uh, groupings, isn't that correct? Yes, they, they got uh, more than 70% of the seats. That was another victory of, of uh, the expectations of the people. That's why these polls were very misleading because we couldn't believe, uh, we means analysts, we couldn't believe how is that possible if 80% of, of the population agree with a new constitution and then the deputies elected more than 70%, which, which is the absolutely uh, uh, majority for a lot of uh, very deep changes. Basically, it's the super majority that the center-left got there, so they're not going to have the right-wing parties uh, boycotting uh, this progress. How is that possible? How, how, how it was possible that the elections of the presidents were just tied 50-50? So that's why it was great to see that the, the actual reality of things, that most of the people, 12 points of difference, people want change. So in, in that case, yeah, Boris will, will have that advantage, at least some peace of mind. Although I have to clarify, though, uh, Greg, it's very important for people who are watching us that they understand that uh, Boris got a lot, but uh, still uh, his uh, sector and the center-left doesn't have enough votes in Congress. Uh, in Congress, in both the Senate and the Low House, uh, in both cameras, Boris doesn't have more than 50%. That means that he must negotiate with, with the right-wing parties. And that's going to be an extra challenge in terms of the legislation, right? Uh, and that's a challenge that, that uh, we should be very clear uh, about because that's going to that's gonna compromise a little bit the rhythm of reforms that uh, Boris is going to try to make. Hmm. That's actually what I was going to get into next is um, just how how... Uh, likely it is that uh, Boric will be able to carry out his program because, I mean, he clearly has a mandate with 
such an overwhelming uh, majority and also that given the constitutional convention the way it's composed but then like you said the uh, the uh, legislature is uh, he doesn't have control over that but then there's also another factor that I want to bring up which is of course the legacy and the uh, remaining power of the uh, right in Chile and more in general in its institutions and in society I mean after all um, you know Pinochet uh, created a system that you know was supposed to be uh, protect basically the the right-wing um, kind of model that he had uh, set up uh, and I'm just wondering uh, how likely it is that um, or what possibilities will uh, Boric have to overcome those aspects? That is, I mean, if you look at, for example, other countries where there had been efforts to uh, introduce very uh, uh, progressive change, particularly, you know, there was the coup in Honduras, and then there was a coup in uh, in uh, Bolivia, uh, and uh, and then legislative coup in uh, in Brazil. Uh, I mean, will Boric face similar obstacles as, let's say, in uh, in Brazil or Paraguay? Was also a legislative coup against uh, Fernando Lugo back in 2012. So, um, do you think that uh, he'll be able to overcome this kind of opposition? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, we don't have those those conditions in Chile. I think uh, the context is very clear. He has a very strong mandate. There is absolutely no doubt that that's why Cast considered a, um, the victory of of Boris just very early, 5 p.m., 5:30 p.m., uh, uh, Washington time, 7 p.m. Uh, in Chile, just one hour after all the uh, polls were, were, were closed just with 10% of the, of the votes counted. Uh, the difference was so huge that Cass immediately accepted uh, his, his, um, his uh, failure to become the new president of Chile. Uh, I, I'm saying that because from that point on, it's very clear that uh, Boric has a strong mandate. Uh, even though he doesn't control Congress, at least the new constitution will, will, will create a new framework. So even though he doesn't have more than 50% of both cameras, uh, at least the new constitution will impose a new, a new contract. So it's going to be a contract of where um, the rules of the market are not, uh, not going to be applied to health, to education, and to pensions, and to labor rights, etc., etc. So that's, that's, that's a good start. Uh, but there's absolutely no doubt that the um, right-wing parties are going to do whatever they can to hold any level of power because they lost the referendum, they lost the deputy elections of those people who are going to write the new constitution, they lost the presidency, and now they don't want to lose uh, power in Congress. So they are going to do whatever they can to stop Boris. There's no doubt about that. We have to remember that those parties are still strong. Uh, that sector controls a big sectors of the of the economy of Chile, the financial system, the media. Uh, we have a huge concentration of, of, of right-wing media outlets in Chile. There is a very difficult way to express different views. So there's no doubt, Greg, that, that these political parties are going to fight back as, as much as they can be because they are, they are on the defensive now. They're, they cannot believe what happened, especially with the symbolic fact and real fact that the Communist Party, for example, is part of the coalition, is part of the coalition of Boris. So 40 years later, after Pinochet tried to exterminate human beings, uh, militants of the Communist Party, now the Communist Party comes back to power through democratic means, being elected, being part of a, a 
government, a new government, or offering a new way of governance. And that's, that's a huge thing also that I want to mention, yeah. But that also raises the question of what's the role of the military? I mean, after all, uh, Pinochet was uh, a general. Um, do you think the military will have any role to play um, in a negative sense? We'll see. I mean, so far, the military, since the last decades, um, have been very quiet. Uh, they really have uh, the new generals, the new generation. You can feel that they don't like uh, the cost for the armed forces of Chile, uh, the moral cost that was imposed by the legacy of Augusto Pinochet. They don't like that. Uh, but at the same time, we still have a body of people who are very conservative. And, and that's why it's very important, all this process, because the Pinochet dictatorship uh, imposed through the Constitution a role for the armed forces. The armed forces on paper were, were the ones who uh, were authorized to intervene uh, the democratic system if they believed that the, the security of the country was, was being affected. Uh, and in, in a language that meant everything from, from, uh, from uh, uh, being um, governed, the country from being governed by the communists or, or any uh, identification. They, they have the right to identify terrorism on, on any group of Chile. It's exactly what's going on now with the indigenous Mapuche people from Chile who are being called terrorists based on the 1980 constitution and then the, the armed forces and the police uh, exercises huge repression against them. So those things need to change at some point. Uh, so uh, all this movement, all this progress is actually made in a way that the armed forces shouldn't intervene anymore. I think there's no political conditions for that now. Uh, the police actually is the opposite. The police of Chile Carabineros, that's the actual name of our police forces, uh, they need to be reformed. They're highly repressive. They, they harm a lot of people during the last two years. Because we have to remember, this came before COVID. The social unrest and this uh, movement of uh, progress uh, for a new constitution, uh, it's been around for at least four years. So in that process, Piñera actually used the police against the people, and we have people without eyes, they lost eyes because of uh, rubber bullets. Uh, police again used dogs, there's accusation, uh, accusations of, 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 of rape. So uh, the police has a very low, very low legitimacy right now. So. Uh, and the military knows that. So uh, I don't see conditions for, uh, for an intervention, but of course, we know that, that Pinochet had a still a big level of influence, a still cast got 30%, almost 30% of the vote in first round. So we really need to uh, pay attention so we don't make the same mistakes from the past and the Chilean democracy survives. Mm. Now, finally, I want to turn to the international context. Um, Boric has been welcomed by many center-left leaders in the region, such as by Lula da Silva in Brazil, Gustavo Petro in Colombia, and then uh, the president uh, Andres Manuel López Obrador in Mexico, Fernandez in, uh, in Argentina. But leaders of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela have been much more reluctant to praise his victory because Boric has at times criticized these governments. What do you think um, this uh, will mean for, for the left in Latin America, that is left governments, because the majority of them are now governed by left or center left uh, presidents? Sure. 
Sure, that's why I don't agree necessarily of, of, of the pink tie theory regarding Boris and others because uh, it's not really there. It's not, uh, Boris is, doesn't belong to the Bolivarian uh, um, region uh, or to the Bolivarian movement. Uh, even though the Communist Party will be part of the coalition, in that sense, uh, uh, the Communist Party will be the one maybe putting pressure on Boris to have a constructive view of what did you mention, Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, Bolivia even. Uh, uh, Honduras also, I think. I would include Honduras and, and Xiomara Castro into that Bolivarian spirit. Uh, the rest of the governments are more on the social democrat um, uh, range of political spectrum. And in that sense, Boris will be more comfortable with those governments, with, with Argentina maybe, with, with Mexico. Um, and others. Uh, so Pedro Castillo also in Peru is not 100% clear how Bolivarian he is because he's, he's getting a lot of pressure from the conservative sectors of Peru. Very similar. So uh, in, that, in that sense, we have to be very clear that Boris in that sense, in terms of social values and economic uh, um, aspects, is very progressive. It's, it's uh, to the left of the left. In terms of uh, foreign policy, I would say he, was with, he will be very center. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised if he even says something against the Nicolas Maduro president's government in Venezuela or even Cuba or even Nicaragua. Uh, so we, we have that contradiction there. So, but it's very, it's very um, important to be very pragmatic about that because Boris, it is, it is a pragmatic president in that sense. Uh, he named, for example, Salvador Allende in some of the debates, uh, the, um, uh, the discussions on TV against caste, but he also named uh, Frey, which is a Christian Democrat, as one of his per uh, favorite presidents. So that, that shows you a little bit that Boris is still, in in certain way, is going to try um, uh, to invite more Chileans to his project. And I think it's very smart because we have to remember in that 80% of the population who accepted a new constitution, uh, some of them are conservative. So we have conservative Chileans who also understand that, that the country goes first and they are willing to rewrite a constitution that they perceive that is not working. So Boris, as a president, he needs to respond to certain sectors that are not necessarily represented by the center-left. So in that sense, in terms of um, foreign policy, I could anticipate, I could speculate that Boris will be on the center a little bit, yeah. No, I think that's interesting, uh, especially because, you know, uh, with regard to relations between Chile and the United States. Now, um, I mean, one of the, the two strategies that governments in Latin America have been uh, choosing between have either been greater regional integration when, during the first pink, so-called pink tide when uh, UNASUR was created, uh, the Union of South American uh, uh, countries and then also CELAC uh, under and these were you know created you know during the height of you know or uh, particularly under the leadership I would say of Hugo Chavez, but uh, um, you know since then those institutions have kind of fallen apart and then various countries especially the right wing countries have tried to ally themselves again with the United States so that seems to be kind of the the tendency either to unite or to ally with the United States now uh, in that if that's the choice where do you think um, and what policy or what direction do you think um, Boric will choose with regard to U.S.-Chile uh, relations? 
I have the, I am under the impression that he's going to diversify. Uh, um, even, even Piñera has been extremely pragmatic. Piñera government had very good relationship with, with China, uh, with Europe uh, in general. Uh, I can anticipate that Boris will, will be part of that wave of, of connections. Uh, the Latin America is not only Boris, it's not only Chile. I think uh, Latin America in general has diversified its connection with with the global market. There is no doubt about that. The U.S. is not what the U.S. used to be. It's not. Uh, now loans are coming from China for new projects of development. Uh, China is helping with the transfer of technology. Um, Russia is actually uh, getting a, a very good uh, connections uh, through several countries of Latin America. Uh, Europe in general has a very uh, strong financial network with Latin America. We have now a, a new wave with the, uh, of integration uh, south to south, basically Latin America with, with uh, Africa, South Asia. So we really have a new world in the, uh, that has been built for the last 20 years. So the Boric, I think, will be pragmatic on that. I think he's, he's going to continue with whatever help his agenda, whatever helps. Uh, if it's going to be China, it's going to be China. If it's going to be the U.S., the U.S. If it's going to be Europe, it's going to be Europe. So I think, I think in that sense, he will be part of that. And CELAC, I think CELAC is getting stronger. I think a little by little, the OAS is losing a lot of, uh, a, a lot of power these days. We have to remember Luis Almagro, the Secretary General of the OAS has the Organization of American States, uh, has been highly criticized by, by several governments, by several presidents. He's very polemic in his, in his way of basically uh, supporting just unilaterally the U.S. policies, which is actually against the spirit of the OAS. The OAS should be a, a forum for discussion, for uh, debate, for conversation, uh, for protection of, of democracy in any country. Uh, so uh, Luis Almagro has, has played a very, very uh, a poor role uh, in terms of those values. So I would say that maybe Boris uh, will be um, more supportive of the CELAC as well uh, than the OAS uh, in, the, in the short term. But we will see how that, that international arena is going to work in, in the next months. I believe it's not going to be a priority for Boris. Boris has a huge domestic challenge huge. Uh, I'm not sure if it's feasible to do it in four years. So I can anticipate that Boris is not going to pay a lot of attention to the international arena, at least during the first year. See, the country needs help uh, urgently. We need to reform very fundamental aspect of the Chilean society in such a short period of, of time. So that's, that's going to be his priority internally. Okay. Well, it's definitely going to be very interesting. I'm definitely going to follow up with you uh, once we see how the uh, Constitution shapes up. But we're going to leave it there for now. I was speaking to Patricio Zamorano, Chilean political analyst and director of the Council of Hemispheric Affairs in Washington, D.C. Thanks again, Patricio, for having joined me today. Thank you, Greg, for the invitation. And thank you to our listeners and viewers for tuning in to the analysis.news. If you like our videos and podcasts, please make sure you visit the analysis.news website and make a donation there so we can continue to provide the service. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. Mm -hmm.